Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. Double Deuce. I tried to wave my dick around about what episode it was last last time, and I failed. I just thought it was, it, I, I told you it, it was... It, it was it was low and then you you went you went much lower and then you weren't coming yeah. back up to where you'd started yet you were you were really you really you wanted it to be you wanted it to be further back you're chasing your yesterdays when you should be chasing your tomorrows my guy well and I, and I don't stop thinking about tomorrow and I don't except stop. when you're trying to guess what episode number it is that then you're thinking yeah. about all the tomorrows. I mean, I feel none like of the I, tomorrow. So, sorry, all the yesterdays. This might be one of those situations where it's better for me to beat up on myself than it is for for you to like fucking pile on. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying was, to turn it into a teachable moment. I mean, I was I sort of felt like I was there without the extra pressure, but you know, now I feel really bad. No, don't really feel bad. bad. Okay, I don't feel bad anymore. Can I, can I, can we talk a little bit? I mean, we haven't really, we really talked about anxiety. Some here and there. I mean, I feel like sometimes I, 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 I want to, I want to like kind of open up about this because it's been a thing, you know, like through my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm reading this book right now by, by my friend, Tim Clare called Coward um, about anxiety. And, uh, and Tim Clare's an English guy. And, you know, I mean, like an English person writing about anxiety, I mean, that like English people aren't supposed to feel emotions like like Americans. So it's a big thing. Like he has to have a lot of anxiety. I'd love to get him on a podcast at some point to talk about all the anxiety that Tim Clare has, because it's got to be a lot because he wrote a book about it. And uh he, you know, he and I have, have, have chatted a few times about anxiety. One of the things he told me to do was take a nice cold shower. And I'm like, I'm I'm not in college anymore. That's what I did in college when my heat got turned off, you know, and that that was anxiety causing. And the shower didn't really relieve the anxiety. It just sort of enforced it because it was like, oh, no, you are too poor to afford hot water. Uh, so I, I feel like that's like cold showers are like that's coming from a place of privilege, right? Deal with I feel like it's just too strong a shock to the system. At, the, at our age, yes. Like you know, in your twenties, maybe it's like, oh, this is cool. But you know, in your twenties, anything's possible. It's. I feel like it. I can see it as like a like a lot of coping things for it that I've been told. There's like distraction type stuff, or like getting your mind working on different things so that it can try to stop being anxious and thinking about the things making it anxious um and i guess that that kind of does the same thing but it does it in like uh, here's another bad thing that's different but uh and when i feel like especially like if you're just trying to reset your system to like just doing a little bit of the like splash a little cold water on your face like does the autonomic response like reset that the shower would be like a sledgehammer version of and and you'll also be like made less miserable 
but I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe I'm under maybe I'm undervaluing the the potential of it. Maybe if you were like really like uncontrollably panicky, it would be like something you could do to like get out of that. I don't just, know, I, man. I, I, He's I English, like so I want to I want to second guess him, but I also want to trust him. That's the yeah. that's the main weapon of the English. Yes, you 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 want to second guess them, but you also want to trust them. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. what that's what the entire Harry Potter series is based on, really. Yes, that, yes. that very dynamic. Like everybody's lying to fucking Harry, right? Harry's just this little dude who. I mean, he's technically English or maybe Scottish. It's very vague. And he's just like this little dude who's in the world and like probably not. He's not even old enough to claim any nationality. He's just a tiny person. And then all of a sudden, like he's getting two sets of information about his folks. Like one, it's like, you know, they 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 died horrible deaths. And two, it's like they were heroes and you're a hero. And he's raised as an idol, some kind of some kind of god and uh, and there's no one there to be like hey harry you're only mortal like the romans used to do anyway it's a lot to put on one kid and it's why i don't think cold showers are really the best solution to anxiety the harry potter potter gibbet ladies and gentlemen it certainly seems like the like try some other steps first before jumping straight to cold shower at least that for me, I mean, it's an extreme response. I just feel like, like, like the the entire world is moving too fast for our primitive brains to kind of keep up, and so anxiety is really actually the rational response to everything that's happening. Anyone who's normal in this, in my opinion, is a bit sociopathic. Well, but yeah, I, I think the the trick is management of it. Yeah, because the yeah. response the response should exist, but then we should be able to register that response and then move through it or past it. What I've always found interesting, and I know we're kind of gearing towards we're, we're moving towards a very special episode about anxiety here, but I'm going to yeah. keep talking yeah. about it because I think it's important. What I've always uh, felt though is that in an actual crisis, like in something that is actually a life and death crisis situation. I am pretty good. Not amazing. Not saying I'm a superhero. My reactions, though, are no different to someone who doesn't suffer from anxiety mm-hmm. in those crisis situations. Um, it, it, it's just the times when it's not a crisis, when somebody's just like, hey, do you want to go to uh, like lunch after you've had too many cups of coffee or too much to drink the night before? And you hear every drop of every piece of silverware and every chew of every piece of food, and then it all starts to blow up and go out of out of proportion. Then it gets weird. I think a lot of that because I think uh, a big thing with anxiety is the it's a lot of potentiality. Like it's your brain kind of running away with possibilities and uh, bad ones generally. Whereas, like in in an actual more crisis situation like you're getting the here's the thing happening and it's it's intense enough that your brain can't take too much time to go running off and focusing on other potentialities because it's pretty dialed into the main thing going on i think we've really hit on something here. i mean i'm not, I like I'm, not I, I'm not schooled in this but i'm guessing that that helps 
the way that uh, distraction or like fo- changing focus can help with anxiety. It's like that one yeah. thing is holding your focus in a way that doesn't allow you a lot of time to panic about the potentialities of this ser- this situation because the situation it's a happening. Yeah, no, and and if the situation isn't happening, I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna deal with this situation again. Not, I'm not saying like I'm a golden god in panic situations, but I, you know, I I, I can keep my shit together, right? I don't get anxious. It's just, and that's what's weird is when you're getting anxious about like rando, like just like I can't go to brunch because I'm feeling too anxious. Yeah, it's very like a white person problem when you say it like that. But, you know, it's sort of that sort of thing. Um, Anyway, are you do you experience anxiety and have you crushed it? Hashtag double deuce. I'm anxious or not. I have the worst hashtags (laughs) and they're always the worst hashtag. I I feel like the the trick is the hashtag is something that, you know, it takes it takes like a quick whiteboard session to re- to to nail it. Sometimes you can't you can't just go with the first thing that pops in your head because you gotta iron it down. You gotta edit it. Yeah, you gotta Hemingway it, not Faulkner it. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, Faulknering it. You're you're like you're starting the hashtag and then you're letting the hashtag like step outside and wander down the street and say hi to its neighbors before it wraps up. It's just got to be uh, hey. Oh man, I feel like it'd be hilarious to be like Hemingway's friend on Twitter because you just like see tweets like "Joy is dead," and <laughs> be like, "Okay, Hemingway, all right, man, you're you're like 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 newborn shoes never worn," and you'd be like, "All right, Hemingway, way to way to bring it in under one forty, man, way to bring it in." <sighs> I wonder if it would tweets. have driven him mad. Because he edited the shit out of his stuff to like get it into the shape it was in. Do you think there was ever there would ever be enough feedback for Hemingway? Would he would he just would he be like me and just like there is not enough positive like compliments in the world? He would just he would be so angry that nobody was responding the way he wanted them to respond that nobody would know. Yeah, probably. I mean, it seems like he would probably enslave himself around his supporters. Would be my guess. Yeah, and he probably ignore. Yeah, a lot more supporters, a lot more followers than he would have gotten in on hashtag writing community. Like when it was still possible, like when there were still follow Fridays, Hemingway would have been there. Like, oh, follow old Hemingway. I'm in Mm -hmm. Key West. I'm a fun guy, like bull running and uh, and the bells that toll. He did like those things. Yeah. Yeah, and the Spanish Civil War. He liked that less. Well, yeah, technically, but he was there, and so he probably would have put that in his Twitter bio with the characters he had. No, man. His Twitter would be a mess. Just a whole lot of just drunken ranting, probably, would be my guess. I mean, I guess at what age is this this theoretical Hemingway who's on Twitter? Because I feel like there's a few different... uh, iterations through time yeah and they all I, had I, their I, own issues but i feel like the later on you get him um probably in a drunker angrier hemingway i mean i feel like that would have been the hemingway to watch because you know people would have been like uh hemingway you are right and he would have really he would have really gone to gone to, to gonzo town 
I think, you know, honestly, I feel like Hemingway on Twitter would be almost exactly the same trajectory as Kanye. I mean, that's, that's, a that's my guess. If you, if you like, if you look at both those dudes, that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing, but I'm also not necessarily entirely sold. I, I, I don't know that Hemingway would have been like, Hitler's all right, dude. I feel like that's a big stretch for. No, Hemingway. but that's just because he, he was around at the time that Hitler was happening and he has right. a, a different a different uh whatever's going on in their brains it's affecting them in different ways but i feel like the that that underdog narcissism you know yeah is pretty similar i think he would be taking the same wild trajectory just because again uh older hemingway much drunker much angrier and more depressed hey out of love's field Here's a funny story that I'm not going to you explain. You mean you don't want to keep talking about the latter days of Ernest Hemingway <laughs> and his slow no, descent into suicide? It's, it's, it's starting to depress me a little bit, uh, especially with the decline of Twitter. But uh, uh-huh. funny, 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 funny story. Uh, uh, Jack um, was 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 getting gobbles that a turkey makes and Goebbels, uh, the Nazi propagandist, mixed up in a conversation this morning. And that could lead to a real fuckadoo, right? Am I right? Uh, like at Thanksgiving, um, turkey gobbles and and Joseph Goebbels. I mean, think about the possibilities there. I feel like it's a screenplay. Maybe up like get a, get a trailer for it right before Cocaine Bear. It certainly seems like like an element of some kind of farce because it's it's close enough that somebody made an editing mistake and printed up some stuff incorrectly right right like that that's an accelerant on on a wacky french farce i hope it was the nazis uh at his fucking wake and it was like uh like this is the wake for gobbles um gobble 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 Gobble. Also, I just realized. Like, <laughs> Sorry, you looked so desperate in the eyes for a second as you were, as that was petering out. I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> uh, dear, dear listeners, there was a look of desperation in his eyes. He, he couldn't, he couldn't get rid of it. Uh, it was a look of someone who whose wife had had, had accidentally made a Gerbils Thanksgiving reference. Which is not great with the stuffing. You know, you're eating the stuffing and someone's like, ah, oh, your turkeys go Goebbels. And you're like, mm, Nazi propagandist, dude. Reichstag. Happy Thanksgiving. Anyway. I feel like it would work well if you, you know, say you have some sort of marketing corner. Um, say you've got some kind of business that involves turkeys and then you make a turkey mascot that you name gobbles and then naturally for certain advertising down the road, like you got to keep doing advertising for this business, like, you know, routinely, that's how businesses work and advertising. That's how we make the big bucks over here at advertising business. Anyway, so you got this, this fun, wacky turkey mascot named Gobbles. And sooner or later, you're like, you know what makes good advertisement conflict? And so you got to make like the, the, the rival enemy to Gobbles, like the, the other guy's stores that aren't as good. And their mascot, that's Goebbels. 
but he's still a wacky turkey, but he's a turkey Nazi because you shouldn't shop at those other guys' stores just like you shouldn't shop at Nazi stores. Wow. Wow, are you you're you're, you're saying turkey girls? I'm I'm yeah. No, I mean yeah. Do you, do you, do you think that's on the, effective on the, advertising? You, hopefully, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, like turkey bacon made from gerbils would be not. It would have less sodium and fat, but it would not be nearly as exciting. And mm. like Perkins featured on the menu in the like senior options. Like have a little bit of Goebbels, uh with two egg whites. I mean, and, I'm not uh, saying that we market actual Gerbils turkey products. I'm I'm saying we we make right. we, we make a a turkey boogeyman that invoking the specter <laughs> of Nazism. Uh, Are you sure it's not like to help to help, to help frame like, how we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. I want to okay. reiterate, I'm in no way condoning making a Nazi product. <laughs> Or Nazi turkey-based meat. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm saying this, this, this should be the, the Nazi turkey should be in no way enviable or lovable. Like this should not be a character that takes off in any kind of way among sensible people. It should, it could be a barometer for whether or not somebody is in some kind of danger zone if they are a fan of Goebbels the turkey then put them on a list. So what I'm saying is we could probably get some government funding for this ad campaign, Turkey businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. You're now like endorsing, putting people on lists. I mean, you, you really like, I think if they, I, I think if they're a fan of, of Goebbels, the Turkey, they should be on a list. Yes. <laughs> There's not a lot of lists that I believe in, but that's one of them. <laughs> okay. Okay, that is that is fair. That let's is be tough. let's be fair. Like I don't want to use it. I mean, uh, slippery slopes, but I don't, they're they're not meant to be good arguments because you take them to ridiculous places. I feel like we can have a list for people who like turkey gerbils, and we won't all of a sudden be locking up dissidents. Yeah, yeah, we'll oh, be man. locked. Well, some of them might be dissidents. It might be right. that fascist ones anyway. I'm saying a lot of them are going to be fascists. Oh, man. Just, uh, just to tell a quick story. Before or it's going to be like some kid here. who feels bad for turkey gerbils. And then you just have to explain how sometimes you don't have to feel bad for everybody. And that that's a good way to introduce your children to the concept of the Nazis. Anyway, sorry, you had you were moving. Oh, I was gonna say, speaking of Turkey Goebbels, like uh, when I was living in the, the UK one year, I think it was 2009, I uh, decided to have a Thanksgiving because, of course, they don't do that in the UK because uh, they, they didn't commit that genocide. They did a lot of other shitty shit, but they didn't commit that genocide. Uh, but anyway, um, only their own I was going to have a turkey. For the Thanksgiving, did I tell the story? Maybe I did. I don't care. Anyway, uh, it's been a long time. We're we're at seventy one. It might have been like one seventy one. Bring that puppy back out. Got a turkey uh, in advance from a friend whose whose parents are, have a tenant farmer who raises turkeys. And uh, are they interested in like, doing some advertising at their business? I they might be. I don't know. I'm Let's just saying when you when you're over there visiting, maybe slip them my number and let them know that I've got some some big ideas about advertising turkey products. 
Continue. I feel like we can really bring Thanksgiving to England in a big way. We just have to make the holiday. They like eating but turkey. Like, they like disliking the Nazis. It's going to be. They, a, they, they, I think the campaign works better over there than here, where there's more Nazis, unfortunately. Well, are there? Per capita, certainly. Okay, that's fair. But anyway, uh, so so uh, they they were going to fatten up this tenant farmer was like, sure, I'll fatten up a turkey early because I told him in like July. And so this one turkey was getting like all the food. And I'm sure the other turkeys were like, oh, that lucky son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And this turkey was like, yeah, I'm Goebbels. I'm Goebbels, the fucking big jibber jabber turkey. And and then like uh, the, 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 the second week, because they had to kill the turkey early so maybe the first week in in november rolls around and that turkey's like they're like hey can you come out and look at the daisies and that turkey's like i don't want to look at the daisies and the the tenant farmer's like look at fucking daisies i like to think the tenant farmer was carl urban from the boys and it's just like diabolical yeah look at the fucking daisies and then just slaughters that turkey and then it became the turkey that I overcooked for Thanksgiving because I didn't remember the difference between Celsius and Fahrenheit. That's the hidden story within the story that I'm not telling right now. Because our time is done. Man, fucking Celsius and Fahrenheit. Come on. Come Why on. Why do you do that? I mean, I can understand kilometers and, and miles, but... Fucking in England, they they use miles. They don't use kilometers, except for like occasionally to. Here's the thing: I understand. I understand Celsius for science because it's more like I don't know. Everything I hear about, it's like more precise, and the numbers sync up more sensibly. But I think you got to go Fahrenheit for like air temperature because Celsius is a shitty gauge of air temperature. It's there's not there's not enough wiggle room. Fahrenheit, you get to like get all up, all through all those, all all those ten, tens of numbers. There's so many numbers there. It gives you a lot more, a lot more ways to express how cold or hot it is. Celsius, you just kind of like it's hot or cold. You got no room to breathe. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Celsius for science. Fahrenheit for for the for the air. I don't know. Some it should be some that starts with F, probably to. Make a rhyme. Sorry, I did a lot of marketing today. I'm, I'm running out of marketing steam, but you get my gist. Buy our t-shirt. Are we getting t-shirts? I mean, you Celsius for science, Fahrenheit for hot days. It's t-shirt. <laughs> is that what is that what we're going with, or is that just? Uh, <laughs> I think I think is so. That just the I initial mean, hashtag for it. It might be hashtag Celsius for science, Fahrenheit for hot days. Double deuce, I guess. Uh, call me Turkey, guys. Mr. Turkeys. What's that guy's name? Hey, Turkey guys, call me. Joseph Goebbels? No. No, that's enough. That's enough Goebbels. Double deuce. That's enough Goebbels. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I don't know how you did, but if you're trying to listen to more, we're everywhere. Libsyn, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, fucking everywhere. That's right. Wherever fine podcasts are made, we'll be there. Also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We're at Double Deuce Pod on Twitter. 
We're at Double Deuce Podcast on Facebook, and our email is doubledeucepod at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to support us, get our Patreon on patreon.com backslash doubledeucepod. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff on there. We got me talking about things I'm seeing. We got extra minis, that, like the minis you find in the deck of deuces. We got Will singing. Or if you want to pay for him not to sing, there is a way to pay for no singing. The world's your oyster. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So much stuff. That's patreon.com backslash double deuce pod. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, when you're like, wherever five podcasts are found, I just kept thinking about that Tom Jones speech at the end of Grapes Wrath. It's like, well, there's a cop beating on a fine podcast. We'll be there. <laughs> double deuce. Good episode.